Attention sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. It's important to know I'm not a tribal citizen and I should have been more dis- more mindful of the distinction with tribal citizenship and tribal sovereignty. All the things the Democrats say they can do if the government does more, mm-hmm. we are doing by having the government do less. We must build a culture that cherishes the dignity and sanctity of innocent human life. We had a conversation on the floor last week and I just noted you left out, so help me. Sorry, do you want me to repeat the whole, I will repeat the whole process. I'd love that, thank you. And now, Stacey Washington. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) we're back for hour two of the show and (laughs) this is a, yeah, you hear me laughing, don't you? That's because some of these stories are just so outrageous that it's hard to really you're like am I awake is this really going on so the, the, I want to address this this issue and I know there's some people um, pe- some people don't feel like we should talk about these things other people are obsessed with it and want to talk about it all the time and it's the issue with it's a bunch of different stuff you got the uh, Jesse Smollett where he said he'd been attacked and a rope tied around his neck and that the guys were like you don't belong in this is MAGA country you don't belong here he happens to be a homosexual he acts on the show Empire on TV and he says he was targeted because of his race and but he doesn't want to give a cell phone over to the police so there is no way to ascertain the veracity of the timeline that he's giving without him cooperating he was cooperating up until they started asking for evidence now all of a sudden he's not cooperating anymore Um, I I just want to make the It's worthy to note that Chicago, not even the state of Illinois as a whole, is MAGA country. You have to go five hours south of Chicago to find Republicans in mass. And that's just over the the bridge from here in St. Louis. And there there are a lot of conservatives there and a lot of Republicans there, but not not in Chicago. Sure, there are Republicans in Chicago, but it's hardly what you would call MAGA country. It did not go for Trump. Illinois didn't go for Trump. Uh, So. Interesting. But then you've got this other story with Liam Neeson saying that back, you know, this is a long time ago, a friend of his was brutally sexually assaulted and he was so angry about it that he was going out with a crowbar or some kind of what he calls a cudgel and he was going to beat someone up with it, someone black, because he wanted to take revenge on someone black because she didn't know who it was that raped her, the, the friend. And so he's admitted this. And I'm not sure why he came out with it or what what was the impetus for it. But people are now saying that he's a racist. They should remove him from movies, yada, yada, yada. But since then, he's worked in movies with black people. He's he's never expressed another racially insensitive uh, comment. He's telling a story about something that happened that really where he shocked himself. He was shocked by his rage and his anger and his decision making. Now, you know. Bless God, no one attacked him during that time and gave him a reason to fight back and do what he was hoping to do. And he, I'm sure he probably has thanked God, you know, in, in his own private time that, that nothing came of that. Because it, look at all the things he's done and accomplished as an actor that he wouldn't have been able to do if he was serving time in prison for killing someone. So I think it's an interesting story. You have the three guys in Virginia politics. You have the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the secretary of state. All of them are Democrats. The two that are white, the, the governor and the secretary of state, have all, the, both of them have worn blackface. And remember, these are the rules set up for us by 
the leftists and the social engineers where anything you've done 100 years ago, you know, anything your grandparents have done, whatever, it can be used to unseat you, remove you from public life, destroy your life. There's an interesting piece by a Persian guy um, who's his he's an immigrant and he lives here. He's so happy to be an American citizen. And he talks about how his liberal friends actually try to force him to own the victim, the victimhood mantle where his regular friends who are Republicans don't don't have any. There's never any of that going on. If he makes a joke, it's a joke. You know, it's not anything you say about anyone has to be racism, misogyny, sexism, homophobia, et cetera. And he says it's really hard to spend any time with his friends who are liberals because of this desire to make everything a war over a social issue. And so you've also got, and again, if they open this box up, and I really feel like it's already been opened, you have to believe every woman who makes a sexual assault claim. That's the lieutenant governor of the state of Virginia. He happens to be black. He's a Democrat. This woman said that he sexually assaulted her. She's now come out with a, a, a recounting of the, the night of horror and how, how awful it was. And he's, you know, digging in his heels. He's saying he didn't do it. It was a consensual relationship. This is from back in 2004. Why is she coming out now? Well, it looks like he might be the governor of the state of Virginia. If Northam resigns, then it's him. He's the lieutenant governor. She's trying to prevent him from assuming that role. Is she right? Did he do it? Only an investigation can yield the truth about that. I, I don't believe her. I don't believe him. I'm in the neutral zone because, first of all, 2004 to now, that's quite a long time, 15 years. Why couldn't she have said something before now? Why does she only care about prosecuting him when, uh, you know, when there's an opportunity for him to be promoted? Him as lieutenant governor is, is pretty, pretty powerful. Why didn't she say something when he was running for that? Again, she might have said, no, this is the last strike. He can't be the governor of the entire state. She might be telling the truth. I don't know. It's not my job to decide. But I am not of the, the mindset that a lot of Democrats put forward during the Kavanaugh hearings that all women must be believed and due process is irrelevant. You're not innocent until proven guilty. If a woman comes forward, then you're guilty. I don't believe in that at all. So that brings us back to the, so the blackface issue and the, the sexual assault allegation. That's all the stuff coming out of Virginia. And you have Joy Behar. Now, this audio you'll hear, this is from 2016. So at the time, Raven Simone and Joy Behar are on The View. There's some other people there. It's irrelevant to who else is sitting at the table. But they're having this discussion, and Joy Behar has a picture that she's prepared to discuss for the show because it's on the big television behind the table. The picture comes up. And it's this young, beautiful woman who's got an afro, a curly afro, curly, like big curls, not tiny curls like a black afro. But, you know, bear with me here. It's it's Joy Behar. And the first thing Raven Simone says is, oh, are you part black? And so listen to this exchange and tell me now is it time for Joy Behar to lose her job as well, since if you ever dressed in blackface, the current ruling mantra is you have to resign. You can't keep your job. It's number four. In the New York Times, they had an op-ed piece in praise of naturally curly hair. They say that it's making a comeback. When Are you excited? Leave? I've always had curly <laughs> hair. That's a feminist late. statement. <laughs> huh? What do you mean? <laughs> no, I, is that you, Joy? Oh, you know this picture. Oh, was, Joy, is that you? Yes. Joy, that is oh, you. Yes. Oh, Joy, are you Wait. black? No, I know. <laughs> I Joy. was. Joy. I was so cute. Uh-huh. Joy. How cute I was. We, are you my auntie, Joy? No. <laughs> that is me. Oh, my word. What, what year is this? Circle I what? I was 29.
it was a Halloween party. I went as a beautiful African woman. Oh, yes, you ain't black. But that's my hair. <laughs> that's my hair. That, you can be, yeah, but it is. So, uh, so the whole point of why is that curly hair is coming back. I thought that was, I thought. That I mean, is me. Did you have tanning lotion on, Joel? A little, I had makeup that was a little bit darker uh -huh, than my skin. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> fix it. But I, I have, that's my actual hair, though. I love it, though. So Raven Simone is saying, mm-hmm, did you have tanning lotion on, Joy? Did, so do, do you hear what she's saying? She's saying, were you in blackface, Joy? Now, I got I to gotta go ahead and go full disclosure here. And I hope people don't get triggered because I mean this in the, in the I'm, just, I'm just telling you where I come from here. I think if it's okay for black people to dress up as let's say you're into star Wars and you want to be princess Leia for, uh, you know, and so you put on some lighter makeup so you can look closer to princess Leia or you just dress up as her with your own brown skin, whatever we black people dress up as other, uh, characters in movies and television and, and from books. And we do it regardless of whether or not the person is the same ethnic background as we are. And sometimes when you're wearing makeup and you're, you're trying to lighten your skin or whatever you're trying to do, you're doing that because you want to accurately represent this character. And so blackface, just, just to be historically accurate here, blackface is when white people would paint their skin black, tar black, and they would paint their lips red with red lipstick and they'd make their lips huge. They basically a ring around their lips so that their lips were like a hundred times bigger than they really were. And then they would put on this one specific Sambo outfit and they would dance around and act in a very buffoonish way, very unintelligent. And they did that on television. And it was meant to mock blacks and to make sure that blacks knew that, you know, blacks in society were not respected, were not. It was it was mockery. That's blackface. It is not blackface if you are white and you say, I want to be Tyra Banks for Halloween or, or a costume party. And so you put on the light brown makeup that would make you the same color as Tyra Banks and you put on a wig and you go as Tyra Banks. Now, if you're dressed as Sambo and calling yourself Tyra Back Banks, that's blackface. If you're putting on black paint on your face to represent black people, that's blackface. But simply dressing in a costume to, let's say you want to be that, is it Storm? Holly Berry was Storm in the X-Men. So the character Storm is represented by a black woman with a shock of platinum white hair with straight across bangs, like a model, a model wig. If you're white and you want to be Storm from the action series, you know, comic book series, uh, X-Men, is that blackface? So this is where we go out of what makes sense, common sense wise, and we go into this, it's just this weird place where no matter what you're doing as a white person, like let's say you, you idolize Beyonce, you know, to each their own. This isn't about whether or not she's a good person to idolize. It's, it's the example because she's famous and a lot of people really, really like her, white and black. If you want to dress as Beyonce for a costume party and you put on the light tan colored tanning lotion, makeup, you put on some NYX, whatever your makeup of choice is, if you put that on and you come to the party as Beyonce, are you mocking black people or are you showing admiration and respect for someone that you like and maybe even wish you could be or be like. And is that blackface? That's where this conversation for me has gone off the rails. It's literally as if 
someone can say, you know, my favorite singer is Beyonce and that person is white. They dress up as Beyonce and then they have to lose their job, lose their apartment or their house, lose their, their, all their relationships, be, you know, driven out of town on a rail because they liked a character or a movie star or a singer who's black. And also, I think it's worth noting that white people wanting to emulate a black person who's famous, that is the epitome of what Martin Luther King was talking about when he was talking about the society of equals people judging each other on the content of their character, not the color of the skin. So the music is so good. Again, I'm using Beyonce as an example, not that she's my favorite. The music is so good. The performances are so stellar. The saturation of the market is so complete. The hit, recom- re- hit records are so numerous that she has fans, millions of them, who are white. And if a female fan chose to dress as her, that would still be blackface just because you're not allowed to ever dress up like a black person. Remember Whitney Houston, how many fans she had? It crossed all barriers. She was universally popular in her early, you know, the first three or four albums she had. White people who liked her and might have dressed up as her for Halloween or a costume party, those people were practicing blackface. This is the problem that I have. It is fine to say that we find blackface racially insensitive or racist and repugnant. It's weird to say that you can't dress up as a different ethnicity when you're doing so not out of mockery, but out of a desire to basically show that you respect or admire, you know, whatever the target is that you're dressing up as. If we are so basic and unnuanced that we can't delineate between those things, it's kind of weird, don't you think? Is it, it makes us basic that we can't delineate. Now, clearly, Raven Simone was kind of like, oh, you dressed up like a beautiful black woman. You had what on your face? You had the t-. So she's even calling it out there. But is she right to do so? And that, that's the question that I have for people who are currently beating the bongo drums of people, you know, in Northam's case, the image is him dressed as Sambo in blackface, standing next to a member of the KKK. That's racist. That's something of concern. He refused to shake E.W. Jackson's hand when they ran against each other in a political contest. That's interesting and worth talking about this other stuff it's costumes it's not mockery what's the problem all right when we get back we'll have chris woodward from onenewsnow.com stay there are you still stuck on the healthcare roller coaster still paying those high premiums and strapped into huge deductibles? Not knowing what's around the next turn? Well, then let me tell you about a sound, sensible healthcare choice that really is affordable. It's MediShare, the healthcare sharing solution people like you have been trusting in for more than 25 years. MediShare members report saving around $500 a month on their healthcare costs, and they never pay for things they don't believe in. Time to say goodbye to that healthcare roller coaster and say hello to MediShare. Call star star 345 to find out how much you can save on your healthcare. 
MediShare. Call star star 345. Message and data rates may apply. That's star star 345. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. Turn on a television or open up a newspaper and you will be treated to what best can be called climate change alarmism. We're told that we are headed for a climate catastrophe if we don't act immediately. Of course, we've heard that before. Back in 1970, Harvard biologist George Wald predicted civilization will end within 15 to 30 years unless immediate action is taken against problems facing mankind. A few years later, Stanford biologist Paul Ehrlich predicted that 1 billion people would be starving to death by 2020. Climate change alarmism today succeeds first in discounting any critics and then by warning that dire consequences are just a few years off. Meteorologist Dr. Roy Spencer recently wrote about this first issue. He says climate change advocates claim that anyone who disagrees with them is a climate change denier. He says this is a straw man argument where you argue against something your opponent never claims. Spencer says he cannot think of a single credentialed, published, skeptical climate scientist who doesn't believe in the existence of climate change. This includes Dr. Patrick Michaels, Dr. Richard Lenzen, and others who have been labeled climate change deniers. And the last two decades have been full of dire warnings. In his Oscar-winning documentary, Al Gore warned that sea levels would rise by 20 feet in the near future. So far, his prediction has been off by 20 feet or so. A 2005 conference of climate scientists and politicians meeting in London warned that the world has as little as 10 years before it would reach the point of no return on global warming. Alarmists and doomsayers have been with us for decades warning of an environmental catastrophe that still hasn't happened. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. Take Kirby and the Point of View team with you on the go with the Point of View app. Search for Point of View Radio at the Apple or Google Play stores. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Hey there, welcome back to the show. And it's my pleasure to welcome our next guest on the program. We happen to have... David Horowitz. And I'm so excited to speak to you, David. Um, I know we had a little bit of like scheduling things going on, but I reached out earlier today because I saw that you were available to talk about this subject. And I can't wait to hear your take on this. All right. So talking about the blackface and everything that's going on in Virginia, um, especially with the issue being the it's you've got the governor the lieutenant governor is embroiled in, in, in you know, a, a allegation of sexual misconduct. And then the next person in line to take over, should neither of them be able to do the job, he also has now admitted to wearing blackface, not dressing as another character, but blackface. What, what are we to make of this? Well, look, um, the Democrats have created this. The left has. Uh, we live in a gotcha culture so that if you made a statement... 20 years ago um, that, you know, it's frowned upon today that can cost you your job, your career, your reputation. Uh, These blackface issues are ridiculous. This happened 34 years ago. Um, They are racist, Um, not just because they're blackface, but the, obviously the intent to do it at that in that time at that time um, reflects 
a hostility towards black people. But still, it's 34 years ago. The guy, you know, he, he served in the military, became a pediatrician. He's probably done a lot of good things for black people and other minorities. People change. People, people have a right um, to, uh, I hate this word, but evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, by the same token, uh, the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, it's, it's outrageous and disgraceful that an event that happened uh, over 30 years ago between two high school kids, if it happened, should, should even be discussed today. Um, you know, but that's what we've come to. So I'm, I'm really happy that, that the Democrats distress. They deserve it uh, for promoting this, this whole uh, ridiculous um, environment where, you know, well, just what I said. It's, a, so, it's ridiculous. Uh, it is. Uh, you know, I hope they all go down. Uh, well, the, it looks like they, they might. All, you know, the Democratic Party is today a racist party. Everything is about race and gender. Uh, in America, you know, we believe in the individual, or have believed for 200 years until now, um, that you don't look at, uh, you don't make everything as, as not a race issue uh, or a gender issue. You look at the individuals. And if you look, for example, at uh, Christine Blasey Ford, I mean, she lied. Uh, she, did, she had no uh, details about what happened. Her case would never have been taken by a prosecutor. Um, it was ridiculous to begin with. But we, you, you only know that if you look at the individual circumstances. When I say she lied, she lied. She told the committee she couldn't come to Washington because she was to flying. Then under questioning, she did it. She flies all over the, the globe, surfing in Tahiti and places like that. So it's true. if you lied about that, how can you trust her about anything else? Well, and the, the, we don't know the circumstances surrounding the accuser for the lieutenant governor. Um, it is a much more recent yeah, accusation. No, but this woman, this woman's complaint, first of all, Unlike the Blasey, uh, Blasey Ford, who was a leftist and a Democrat and had a political motive for attacking Kavanaugh, this woman is a, is a Democrat. She has no political reason for doing this, and her account is very detailed of the circumstance, the place, all the things that uh, Ford couldn't come up with. So she's very credible. Um, and... His dismissal of of her uh, doesn't speak well for him. You know, I I don't know how you, you know, determine these things. Well, uh, we need an investigation. I mean, yeah. The Democrats have no mercy when it comes to Republicans or people who disagree with them. You know, I don't really care at this point. Let them go down. Well, I think it's interesting that they're the ones who are falling on their swords on this issue, David. There's a there's an interesting kind of 
um, it's like a boomerang effect that's happening where they're the ones who made these rules. They're the ones who said, you know, we can go as far back in history as possible. We can pluck individual statements out. You could have, you have obviously, women, right, right. You could have evolved on this, survivors. but we're still going to take you down. I mean, this, this has shown what hypocrites the Democrats are. All these people running for president, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, they don't care about women. They care about power. And they care about using women to get power. That's all it's about. So where do you see this going? I mean, obviously, we don't, we don't, none of them are stepping down, which is funny because Republicans would have forced them to. I'm hoping that the governor does not step down myself. But, you know, I think they should, you know, be roasted on this for years to come. They, They have so destroyed our culture, America's culture is about individuals, individual freedom, individual accountability. The Democratic Party has is, is, is got a, to, a totalitarian outlook that you should be judged by your race, you should be judged by your gender, um, you know, and the individual kind of disappears. And, you know, anybody looking at Brett Kavanaugh, you know, you know, the first thing I said to my wife is, this guy is such a goody two-shoes. You know, I don't know if I want to hang out with him. Uh, you know, it, it was obvious that this was a man of rare character, um, as, as shown, and also of concern about actual women. He, he, his whole, you know, team of clerks is, is female. Uh, he, he, he has broken ground for women, uh, which is great. Um, but to accuse him, uh, you know, over an event that happened between two teenagers, whether it was, you know, <laughs> uh, by her own de- description, it was whoever attacked her, if anybody ever attacked her, was so drunk, uh, you know, he, roll- he didn't even undress her. He just rolled off her, and-, and she got out. I mean, I don't believe a word of her story, by the way. Well, um, and I I agree. But the, it, the Christine the Blasey story. Ford accusations are definitely something that we've debunked on the program, and and certainly uh, we believed Judge Judge Kavanaugh, and we are so glad that he's on the court. Um, dealing with the the issues that we're facing right now with the Democrats in Virginia, I think it is instructive for us to kind of see how when you lay these traps for other people, they usually end up catching you. And that's what's happening with the Democrats. Sure, they're going to ensnare well, yeah, some that's, Republicans. That's, but, I, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I don't live in California anymore, but in California we used to call that karma. <laughs> right. Coming back to bite right. them. Right. I think it's, it's I think interesting. it's very healthy for the country. They should see these, these people. They're so dishonest. I, I'm distressed that we need two parties in this country, but the Democratic Party is today a, a party of such dishonesty, hypocrisy, and so filled with hate, hate for Trump. It's it's just unreal. They're, they're like, you know, it's like they inhabit another planet. They're totally out of touch with reality. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm worried for our country because of it. You can't have a one-party system. Nope, and we definitely can't have one-party 
that kind of behaves by a certain set of rules and then the other party that is really they're they're not just dancing with socialism anymore they're really promoting it and it's just how quickly they can get there because i see nancy this pelosi trying to the, to temper uh, she's trying to temper aoc you know all their attacks on trump are attacks on america he's the commander-in-chief all of us uh, you know our our security depends on him and and they there's nothing that, you know, what did he call it today? Unlimited presidential harassment. And they're going after whatever his financial dealings before he became president. I mean, how about judging the man on what he does as president? You know, I, I think it, Trump's um, presidency has been extraordinary. I don't think there's any comparable, any 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 president who has had comparable achievements, um, you know, both economically and in terms of national security and in terms of putting people on the Supreme Court who respect the Constitution. I agree. Um, we definitely have similar thoughts on the, the accomplishments of President Trump, and I'm hoping that he's able to continue on with that in face of the investigations that are being brought against him by the Democrats. But I want to thank you uh, for coming on the show today, David Horowitz. Can I, uh, Stacey, can I just, can I do one little promotion? I have a book sure. coming out on March 5th. Uh, it's called Dark Agenda, The War to Destroy Christian America. I think one of the most disturbing aspects about the Democratic Party is its war on Christians, which is ongoing, uh, and, and w which I explain in my book, Why the Left Hates Christians. And it's because they believe in the sanctity of the human soul. I mean, you, you see this terrible thing that's going on now, where they, they are so determined to... Um, destroy the lives of the unborn, that they're now, you know, passing legislation in many states, um, but in Colorado in particular, and Virginia, um, you know, to allow people to kill babies after they've left the womb. Uh, this woman in Colorado proposed the bill to make it uh, possible to kill born babies, the same day she put up another bill to save caterpillars. Well, yeah, it's you know, true. Yeah, yeah that's and we've become to. Well, that's what we're fighting well, against. And I want to say thank you. The book, Dark Agenda, uh, coming out later on this month, or I think you said March, March David, 5th. March 5th. Yeah, yeah. Thank Jump you so much for coming now, on the show. Amazon.com to get the book. Thank you for having me, Stacey. All right, Appreciate sure. It. Good to talk to you. Um, so right now I want to pivot over to the content on the Republican chiding um, the Democratic Judiciary Chairman who had omitted, so help me God, in the, the they were swearing in some people who were there to testify, and he omitted, so help me God, from the swearing-in procedure. And this kind of dovetails in with what David was just discussing about the the war on Christianity and the push to take any semblance of reference to God or our Judeo-Christian values out of the public square, it's number one. We welcome all of our distinguished witnesses and thank them for participating in today's hearing. Now, if you'd please rise, I, would be, I will begin by swearing you in. And raise your right hands. Do you swear or affirm under penalty of perjury that the testimony you're about to give 
is true and correct to the best of your knowledge, information, and belief. Thank you. Let the record show the witness is answered in the affirmative. Mr. Thank Chairman, you, Mr. Chairman, received. point of parliamentary inquiry. Who's uh, <laughs> on the end? Yes, sir. <clears throat> we had a conversation on the floor last week, and I just noted you left out. So help I'm me. Sorry. Go Do you want me to repeat the whole? I will repeat. I'd the love whole that. Process. Thank you. Please stand up again. Let me repeat this oath. Do you swear or affirm under penalty of perjury that the testimony you're about to give is true and correct to the best of your knowledge, information, and belief? So help you God. Thank you. Let the record show the witnesses answered in the affirmative. Thank, Thank you, you, and please be seated. So the, the, the thing that we're seeing here is um, there, there was a discussion on the House floor, and it was that the Democrats changed their minds. They, they were at first going to strike, so help me God, from swearing in ceremony. Uh, of, of witnesses who were testifying before them. And then there was a backlash online social media. Democrats backlashed against it because there are Christians, practicing Christians, who also call themselves Democrats. Um, and then there's also the, the Republicans were just all up in arms about it because it's happening in the building that we taxpayers are paying for. And, it, and we've never had a reason to strike, so help me God, from the oath ever. So why would we do that now? Because we have a bunch of hardcore Marxist socialist Democrats in there? Well, apparently so. So he asked him to do it again. So they did the interview again, or the, the, the swearing in again. But do you see where this is going? That this is literally, it's incremental. It's, let me push here, and if I can push here and get some ground here, I will. If they push back, it's fine, I'll just wait. The next generation of people that we elect into Congress, the ones that are Democrats, will have no problem with striking this, and they won't be ashamed of it. I noticed today numerous, uh, you know, you get the little uh, emails from the White House press corps. They were covering the prayer breakfast. So you have the president attending the national prayer breakfast, and anytime he referred to God when he was praying or talking about God, they put God in lowercase. They actually didn't capitalize God. No matter who was saying it, they didn't capitalize God. Now, if you're like me, you know you're supposed to capitalize God when you're referring to Christian God. Now, if you're saying you treat that couch like it's your God, it would be lowercase. And, and these things are not, this is not like some grammatical thing I'm making up, or this is accepted practice within people who are English speakers and writers. But these young people who now cover the presidency for the White House press corps from all of these news and media organizations, they don't capitalize God, even when they know the person who's speaking is speaking about Christian God, the God we worship and serve, who the name is always capitalized because it's a proper name. All right, when we get back, we're actually going to have another guest, Chris Woodward. Stay right there. This is Just a Minute with Stacey Washington. What do you call killing a baby just after birth? Infanticide, and it's a federal crime to do so in America. An abortion practitioner in Philadelphia was delivering babies alive and snipping their spines. Gosnell was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. It is unthinkable that anyone would actually advocate for this to be permissible in America. Yet in Virginia, Governor Northam and State Delegate Kathy Tran both did so. 
Tran offered up a bill which would make it possible for a doctor to deliver and then kill a baby at the direction of the mother. The bill failed to pass by one vote. Virginians will have a choice on re-electing delegates to the State House in the fall of this year. Let's pray they vote in candidates who value life. However, Delegate Tran does care for the life of Caterpillars. She submitted legislation to save them on the same day as her infanticide bill. I'm Stacey Washington. Find out more at StaceyOnTheRight.com. My name is Dennis. Me and my older brother took liquor. That's what started my drinking. I don't know how they found out about Teen Challenge, but my father did, and I had no other choice. I kind of knew that I was in the right place. If you know an adult or teenager who's struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge can help. Call us today at 417-581-2181 or reach us online at teenchallengeusa.com. This is Urban Family Talk. Abraham Hamilton III. God put us in this world at this time to be salt and light. We don't fold because of the darkness that we're facing. This is not the first time in the world's history that it's gotten dark. God has called you and I to be his ambassadors, even in this dark moment. Tune in to the Hamilton Quarter, weekdays at 5 p.m. Central on Urban Family Talk. It's Fox Wheels. A Chinese national is charged by the FBI with trying to steal trade secrets from Apple's secret self-driving car research known as Project Titan. The suspect, hired by Apple as a software developer engineer last summer, and was reportedly caught with pictures in some 2,000 related files on his hard drive. The former Apple employee arrested a day before trying to fly home and is the second Chinese national to be charged with stealing Apple trade secrets in recent months. A video has surfaced that apparently shows a Tesla driver asleep or passed out behind the wheel while the car is operating in its semi-autonomous autopilot mode. The latest video posted to Jalopnik as AAA urges the auto industry to come up with standardized names for active driver assist systems. Same brand names like Autopilot and Nissan's ProPilot Assist are misleading. That's Fox Wheels. I'm Jeff Manasso, Fox News. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Certainly, I think that it is one that is nuanced and that's sometimes hard with voters, but I would encourage everybody watching to Google the Great Migration. Then they will understand sort of the American history that is involved with Native ancestry, specifically in the state of Oklahoma. So her saying that my family told me this is not what the controversy should be about. The controversy is her saying that she did not put it on a form when she infected. So that was a a MSNBC analyst, Zerlina Maxwell, saying that, um, you know, she's she's got the timeline and the history all wrong. She keeps saying that she didn't use Native American ancestry claims to benefit her in the workplace when clearly she used it often to try to get preferential treatment. Uh, I don't know if it's going to have a negative impact on her candidacy. I, I honestly, if she were a Republican, she'd be toast. She'd be done. Um, but she's not. She's a Democrat. And um, it, it remains to be seen what they're willing to put up with from her, especially with their field kind of having the, the candidates they've put forward so far are very weak. Uh, so it, it's my pleasure to welcome 
frequent guest of the program, Chris Woodward from OneNewsNow.com. Chris, thanks for working with us today and coming on. Oh, thank you very much for having me. So let's talk about, you guys have two stories up, which mm -hmm. I encourage people to get over there and read these. It's OneNewsNow.com. You go to the homepage right there, and at the top, they have a beautiful slider where you can choose the top stories that they're working on and that they're reporting on. And the first one really flies in the face of what I'm told all the time, Chris, that I'm some kind of rabid racist who wants to stop black people from voting because I believe in voter ID and keeping our voter rolls clean. And that is that Pennsylvania has admitted thousands of people are illegally registered to vote in their state. Yeah. Last week, in fact, Pennsylvania was forced to admit it had illegally registered more than 11,000 non-citizens to vote. And election officials there have been ordered to immediately purge all those names from the state's voter rolls. Chad Gerning reported on this for us. Uh, it actually it got some coverage in the Washington Times as well. And all this came to light based on some legal action that a Pennsylvania state lawmaker took against the uh, Democratic Governor Tom Wolf. And talking about voter ID there, a, a lot of times people will say, well, this is why we need more voter ID. In Pennsylvania's case, they actually had a voter ID requirement that would have prevented some things like this from happening. But that was struck down by Pennsylvania's Supreme Court. And one has to wonder, if the Pennsylvania Supreme Court had not done that, would these tens of thousands of people, uh, or more perhaps, um, voted? And, you know, you have to wonder, too, did they sway any elections? Mm. Oh, thank you. So that that's where I always go with it, Chris. I always think to myself, hmm, so it's one thing to be registered to vote, but it's another thing to actually say, I'm going in and I'm voting. And I've been told by Democrats to my face at, you know, on television shows, everything. Well, the thing is, even if <clears> someone's <throat> registered to vote illegally, it doesn't mean they actually vote because most people who are here illegally are so afraid to go and vote because they think they might be arrested or something like that. So it's really irrelevant yeah. anyway. But then we find out, that uh, down in Texas, I think they said they had 30,000 illegal people vote out of 58,000 who mm -hmm. were registered illegally. I mean, these stories abound sure. and they're much more prevalent now. Yeah, it happens in a lot of states. There was a, a case not that long ago, a few months, if it's been that long, of a uh, lady in Texas that had voted several times, I believe, in the uh, 2016 election against Donald Trump. Um, that situation, I think, is still playing out in the courts here in Mississippi. We've had situations before of uh, voter fraud that predate our voter ID efforts um, where people voted more than once uh, during more than one election season. And so sometimes they get caught and they get prosecuted, but for the most part, it's just a little wrist slap because judges seem to blame the election officials more than they blame the people who are actually breaking the law. Right, right. Yeah, sometimes it's, you know, uh, the socioeconomic factors uh, or arguments that are made in court. And really, that just that's an attorney kind of reaching for something to um, maybe not make their client as guilty as they clearly are, according to the facts. Um, but certainly, you're going to see a lot of people going forward say, well, listen, it's happening. It has happened. It has swayed elections. It's not just citizens. It's illegals. We've got to do something about it. And I don't know how every state works, but in some cases... Uh, at least in years past, you did not even have to show like an actual photo idea of yourself. You just had to prove some sort of uh, residency. Now, that even right. that's not, uh, you know, firm, like, okay, you're legit, you should be voting. Um, but certainly, I think you're going to see a lot more people say, we need to step this up. I mean, Pennsylvania is a big state uh, that has decided a number of things in years past as far as elections. So we'll see how that goes going forward. Uh -huh. I'm... 
We got to pray as believers that uh, integrity would kind of break out and break loose in these election systems because it's really right. every illegal that votes, every person who's a visa overstay or whatever their thing is, they're not a citizen, they shouldn't be voting. Yeah. That dilutes the votes of people like you and me. And it changes the direction that our country is going to go in because we have people going in who shouldn't be there, mm-hmm. you know, at, at every level. Um, and some of these elections are decided by 1,700 votes at the local level, maybe, you know, 30,000 or 80,000 at the national level. And we've seen voter fraud in greater numbers than that. Right. Well, and, you know, one of the things, too, uh, an argument that was made for voter ID a long time ago, uh, someone had told me, look, I drive myself to the place where I vote and I'm supposed to have my driver's license with me to operate a vehicle. So why is it a big deal if somebody asked me to show ID? <laughs> and certainly there are places, uh, urban areas where there's a lot of mass transit or, uh, you know, public transportation, subways, trains, things like that. And people do live in areas where they don't own a car. But uh, more often than not, when you try to cash a check or you try to do some sort of financial transaction where the other person wants to uh, protect themselves, they often ask to see an ID. So more often than not, you have some form of photo ID on you. Why is that a problem if somebody wants to make sure that, you know, you are who you claim to be? So you don't mess this election up for the people that are trying to run and win that office. Well, unless the reason that people don't want to show it is because they're cheating. And and I think that's really honestly what it is. I, I'll never forget the video. I think it was by his first name's Ami or Avi. Oh, why can't I think of his last name? He's he's a great videographer and he just goes out on the street and talks to okay. people. He went out and was talking to people in New York and he caught you know how in New York, you're just going to see people walking by. So he was just literally, right. as they were walking by, he got a bunch of black people. And they're just walking by individually. This is literally, he just turns the camera on, sticks the mic in their face. And he says, hey, um, people are saying it's racist to ask you for voter ID mm-hmm. at the polls. And they all said, they were like, well, why? He said, well, because black people don't have as much access to the, the, the government systems to get ID as other backgrounds do so it's it's not fair to you she said i'm a new yorker i don't leave the house without my id if the police ask me who i am i need to be able to show id Uh, i'm a new yorker she said besides how can i buy uh, how can i check out books how can i buy Mm -hmm. alcohol how can i shop without my id if i'm buying something i might need my id to prove that that's my credit card she's like who's saying that and he was like democrats she was like no mm -mm, that can't be right every one of them had the same reaction (laughs) they all had their ids on them they were all strolling in new york city down the sidewalk and he asked white people he asked so you know so it wasn't like he just asked black people but it's a video that really proves most people think this is a silly argument yeah well and and i always bring it back to this uh you know democrats uh, a lot of them tend to be pro-abortion okay and so it, it always boils down to a life issue with me. If you are someone in public office or you're just a private citizen and you don't have a problem with the murder of a baby, you don't have any scruples. So therefore, you'll tell someone what you want them to hear. You'll massage the truth to try to get your point across and to make people believe you that something like voter ID is bad. And on so many other issues. The point you're making works on a lot of the issues that we're currently fighting. You don't have a problem booing God at the Democratic National Convention or some other place if you don't if you don't have a problem with abortion or you don't have a problem saying, you know, Christianity is wrong or whatever, you know, whatever you want to claim to some 
a federal appointee or something like that. Or that that you don't have to say, so help me God, when you're taking mm-hmm. an oath, which, you know, that's the part that makes it, that's the, what gives yeah. it teeth. Well, you know, <laughs> and one of the things that bothers me, and I've talked about this uh, probably more times than the guys in the newsroom want to hear, it bothers me. You know, Nancy Pelosi was in the news this week because she cited a Bible verse that's not a Bible verse. Yeah. And she was talking to uh, Christian college presidents and things of that sort. Why is it wrong for me to want to live by my faith, to live what I believe Scripture tells me to, and to share my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, with other people? And you tell me that's wrong, but then you, Nancy Pelosi, want to try to quote a Bible verse, or actually in that speech, if you go watch more of it, she says, Christ our Savior. And, you know, President Trump ended the State of the Union by saying, God bless America. Stacey Abrams ended the Democratic response to the State of the Union saying, God bless America. Why is it uh, uh, wrong for me as a private citizen or a football coach to pray after the end of a game or something like that? Why is that wrong? But then when you want to make your little political points, you can tout Jesus or bring out somebody with a white collar on and try to get your point across. It's not fair. Chris, I'll tell you why it is. Because they're trying to get votes when they do that. So if you're not trying to get votes, how dare you try to exercise your rights under the Constitution? You don't have free speech. But if we're looking for votes, she would she probably I know I know it's one of the things that comms teams do when they come on a campaign. They'll talk about the different constituency groups that they're going to speak to. And they have different language for each group. They kind of tailor the message. Mm -hmm. So the speechwriter will add in touches and flourishes like what you mentioned from Nancy Pelosi she wants credibility with audiences that might be more religiously minded, then she'll say, God bless you. You know, Mm -hmm. she'll, she'll pepper her language with that. Um, She'll even say, well, our Christian faith, you know, tells us we should do, and then she'll advocate for abortion. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're dumb enough to accept it, that's on you. She's going to do whatever the comms team told her, add this language in that works well for this group. Or you need to say something like this because the president has been invoking God and we, we God doesn't just belong to him. We can invoke God, too. It doesn't matter if they're right or if they're godly. It just matters that they want to use the language. That's why it's up to us as Christians to be very, very sharp and very, very sensitive yeah. to people perverting their language or perverting the Bible or right. using the Bible and scripture for their own aims. It's 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 a, a deadly sin for them to engage in, but mm-hmm. it's still our job to make sure we can see it. Yeah, and actually know what scripture says. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, kind of use this as, you know, Nancy's uh when she's trying to quote from the NPV, um, <laughs> you know, know what you know, you know, know what the Bible says and the you know, ap- apply proper context to it. <laughs> well, and also there so Chris, can we agree that we don't we don't have an excuse anymore? So let's say this was 20 years ago. Okay. You and I are both old enough to kind of, you know, we can say 20 years ago. Right. Um, 20 years ago, if someone quoted something from the Bible and you weren't sure, like you, you got this little feeling in your mind, like, I know the Bible. I don't remember that one. So I'll look that up later when I get home. Or maybe I have a Bible in my car. I'll look it up there. Or we, you had to go right. find a Bible to look it up. Yeah. Nowadays, you have your phone right there. All you have to do, it's so cool. It's one of the things that I think is the saving grace for us all having these screens and Mm -hmm. all the problems that we have with that is that you can literally type in just three words from any scripture and the search engine, it doesn't matter which one it is, will pull up every Bible verse that that's like the most popular ones first and then all of them. So you can scroll down and you can say, she said da 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 da. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it could be this scripture or it could be that one, or it could be none of them yeah. because it won't come up. But there's no excuse for us anymore. If, if if someone is standing up on a podium talking to you and they say, you know what, the 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 word of God says, 
and then they rattle something mm-hmm. off. It is our job to quickly just pull our phone out. It's not rude. Right. Look it up. Oh, okay. He's right. That's um, you know, Second yeah. Corinthians, blah. Or that's Galateans. Yeah. Yeah. Gal- it's Galateans. Then then what you do is you <laughs> you just raise your hand up and say, "I'm sorry, but um, according yeah. to Bing Search, that's not in the Bible." You know, what, and what Bible? What's sad though is uh, I think it was well, Newsmax did a. It did a story on this, but I want to say they actually linked it back to something Slate had reported. She's she's quoted this non-verse as far back as 2002. So, so either we're ignorant like or people, she doesn't listen to anybody or both. No, well, she doesn't. Yeah. But there there is a verse that is, so it has a similar sentiment, but it is not the, the thing that she said is not that verse. Right. So the problem is, without asking her, we don't know if she means the verse that is the closest similar to what she said, or is it that she's just got it in her head that this is something that's in there when it's really not. And there are people who believe like there are people who believe that karma is in the Bible. It reaping and sowing is in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Karma is not. So it's, you know, so it's, it's one of those things where you can say, I think you're talking about that thing that's in the Bible. Well, there could be something similar to it in there, but not that particular thing. Like karma is not a biblical concept. It's actually, from the Hindus, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's not. I I don't I don't blame her. Like when you're in a speech mode and you're saying something, and then you, but you, then you go back and correct it later. Right. You know, you right. go back and correct it later. But she, as you said, has been drumming this home for decades. So clearly, she just doesn't know the Bible at all, which isn't shocking. She's not allowed to take communion because of her stance on abortion. So it's yeah. not, not surprised. Well, you know, it brings us back to all the more reason why you yourself should know and you know mm-hmm. know what. Know what the Lord says, you know, know what thus saith the Lord is. Don't don't go with whatever the radio host or the politician or somebody told you. you. Actually, get in the word yourself. Study it. Study it often. Listen to it because there's apps that you can listen to audio versions. But get in the Mm -hmm. word. Chris, perfect end to the show. It's our responsibility because God's not going to ask me what Nancy Pelosi said. He's going to ask me what I studied and what I said. That's right. And that's what we need to be concerned with. Thank you for your time today. It's You're always welcome. great to talk to you. OneNewsNow.com. Fantastic content over there. Get over there and check it out. God bless from the heartland, everybody. Citizens, I'll be back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.